So church, today is Father's Day. I would just like to take this opportunity to wish all the dads at Frontline and all those that are watching a, watching a very, very happy Father's Day. Can we just give our dads a big round of applause this morning? Amen, amen. If you're with your dad this morning, go and give him a big hug and just let him know how much you love him this morning. And dad, from my hearts to yours, may we be fathers that emulate our Father in heaven and leave a legacy that will, that will honor him for eternity. And can we do something different? Can we just all stand and honor our Father in heaven this morning? Can we give him a big round of applause? Can we just honor him? He's a good, good dad. Amen. Even there with you in your, your living room this morning, and if you're lying in bed, can you just stand up and give the Lord a big shout of praise this morning? He's worthy of all our praise this morning. Thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing in our lives, in our church. We commit everything to you this morning. We put all our hope and our trust in you. We want to say that we love you with everything that we have this morning. Amen and amen. Church, before we get started this morning, let's pray together. So Father God, we come to you today in the name of your Son, Jesus. We want to thank you today that we, as we celebrate our earthly fathers, that you are our heavenly Father and we honor and adore you for all that you mean to us. We are nothing without you, Lord, and we pray that you would lead us and guide us to become examples in society as men and as fathers that will bring change and reformation as fatherhood is restored. We pray for your guidance, we pray for your strength to give us the boldness and the courage to take up our positions in our families and our society so that we would fulfill the mandate that you have created for us. And Lord, I pray that as I undertake to present your word of truth today, that you would anoint my lips and the ears of those listening, so that the exchange today would be magnifying to you, Father, and a strengthening to us. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, church, it's so good to be with you this morning. It's a privilege to bring you the word of God. Today is a special day for our dads. And today I want to talk to you about legacy. You would have seen the title of my message. This is a message predominantly for men, but please don't leave us today, ladies, because the only way a man can become a true father is if the, the moms are willing to back them in taking up their position. So we really need all the ladies to stay engaged with us today. God has created us to work together, not apart from each other. Amen? And if you're a young man that will be starting a family in the next few years, it's important that you listen to this word today. So church, I'm not sure if you know this, but the, the term Father's Day, or the day known as Father's Day, was only recognized in the late 20th century. It only became official when President Lyndon Johnson of the United States of America announced that they would recognize Father's Day as being a day of an official proclamation. And so, President Johnson did that back on June 15, 1966. But the reason he did this was because a, a young woman by the name of Sonora Dodd wanted to have a day to honor her dad. And so what she did was she went to a pastor at a church as a young girl, and she asked the pastor, would you give a message to dad? And so he delivered a message in 1908 from his pulpit in Spokane, Washington, delivered and directed to dad. And that sermon caught on and began to spread throughout the city of Spokane, throughout the state of Washington, and then throughout the, year, the rest of the United States until President Johnson made it official 
1966. And since then, it has spread right throughout most of the world. And even though Sir Nora Dodd had good intentions for her father, as I'm sure did President Johnson when he made it official, there is a problem with that blanket statement. Because you can biologically father a child and never be a dad. You can say, I'm a father, but all you've done is make a child and then you move off to the next city or to the next country, right? You know what I'm saying? You can say, I'm a father, but what does that mean? You see, to bring a child into the world and then to realize, wow, I'm going to be a dad and now I'm responsible for this life, well, that's another story. As fathers, we take this responsibility and relationship with our children as we attempt to emulate the type of authoritative yet intimate relationship God the Father wants with us. So on this Father's Day, we're looking to the Word of God to give us the guidance that we need. And I'd like us to start this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll pick it up from verse 4. This is what it says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. In other words, church, if you're a Christian today, you eat, you drink, you live, you breathe, and you move for God. You have His Word hidden in your heart. You're not supposed to walk around with the Bible literally strapped to your forehead or the law of God strapped around your arm. But what it's saying here is, church, is that you, you, everything you do, you do to the glory of God. All that you think of is filtered by the Word of God. It's a day in, day out, 365 walk with God. And so we have the standard that has been set by our Father in heaven, Father God. And if you're the Father listening to this today, I want to say this to you from the get-go. And whether or not you believe in this God that I'm talking about this morning, the very position that you occupy as a dad or a father in someone's life, that action has been ordained by the God of the Bible. You have inherited a position in this life that God invented. And so what I want to submit to you this morning as we go through this is that it's the God of the Bible that has the answers to you and I as to how to be a dad. We need godly instruction. Because truthfully, our world is in a broken and sad state largely due to the fact that society has lost the place of the Father. Our youth are broken because there's no dads taking up their positions or just simply because dads aren't present. And on top of that, we live in a society that increasingly devalues masculinity and manhood. It would not be an exaggeration to say that manhood is under attack and is certainly being redefined, right? But the fact of the matter is that manhood matters and masculinity makes a difference. And I want to give you a couple of stats this morning that will probably shock you. Did you know that approximately 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes? 90% of runaway children are from 
fatherless homes. 85% of all children with behavioral, behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent drug abuse patients in rehab centers have come from fatherless homes. And 85% of all drug users in prison are from fatherless homes. These are trends in all of Western society. The results are shocking, but I would say on the other hand, they may not be surprising because of the father's diminished role in society. The enemy has been very crafty in reducing and distorting the role of the father. Now, let me just say this so that everybody's on the same page. The mother's role is very, very important. It's not a matter of one is more important than the other. What it is a matter of is that God has designed these roles to serve in a complementary fashion and together, to reflect the nature and the person and the heart of God in a way that neither role on their own can. The mother's role will always be primary in terms of intimacy, care, and nurture. But the fact of the matter is that the child, as the child matures, he or she will increasingly look to the father as their role model in processing decisions and adopting values. And where the father is indifferent, inadequate, or just plain absent, the task of maturing in a responsible manner becomes much harder for that child. And the stakes, spiritually, could hardly be higher. Because according to data collected and corroborated by a number of well-known research centers, it shows that if a father does not go to church, even if the wife does, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper at church. But if the father does go to church, even if the mother does not, 66% of those children will end up going to church. When both the husband and wife attend church, 75% or more than 75% of the children will become regular attenders. All that to say this, we're not talking luxuries here. We are talking necessities. The necessities of developing a spiritual life in your children. And you could say it like this. Fatherhood is an essential service for the survival of society. Now, maybe you're a single mom and you're saying, well, where does that leave me? You know, I didn't make certain choices that I've ended up where I am today. Where does that leave me? Can I just encourage you today that God delights in doing exceptional things in the life of people who believe in Him? You believe Him to be that exception. You believe that God's going to help you to be the exception to the rule in your situation. That you, as a godly mother, when you're left there out on your own, God is going to help you to do what needs to be done. And we know of many single godly mothers in our church that have, have great testimonies come through their families by, for them just standing on the Word of God and trusting in God. Amen. You trust Him to be that exception. So dads, we need to look at a couple of things today if we are to stand up in our culture. We have to look at what it means to leave a godly legacy for our children and our children's children. It's important for you and I to understand that how we live today, the decisions that we make today not only affects today and tomorrow, and not only affects the new, next few months, but how you and I live has a generational effect. 
what we do today, the way that we serve God today, will echo through the decades and if the Lord tarries through the centuries. No precious dads, but you're shaping the family line for generations to come. And you know what? You may come from a family where you say, listen, I've never had that, that model, that example model to me. You may have grown up in a home completely disconnected and dysfunctional and downright miserable. But that's the amazing thing about God. He gives us the opportunity and the desire in our hearts to do it better than our previous generation. Right? And whether you've had a, a good earthly father or not, just about every dad listening to this message today has a desire in their heart to give their kids a better life than what they have. Right? It's, in, it's inside of us. You know, I know this was, was uh, true of my own dad. My dad's a great storyteller, and he would tell me stories of his life when he was a young boy. The fact that his home life was dysfunctional. He never really had much growing up from a material sense. He unfortunately never really expect, experienced much love from his parents and could never remember being held or told that he was loved. And he told me one day that when he was around 15 years old, he promised himself that if he became a father, he would lavish his children with as much love as possible. And I can stand here today before you as a product of how this love that he had has shaped the person that I've become. And you know what? It took incredible courage to break the cycle of generations of dysfunction and lovelessness. But it can be done. You see, it's God's heart that we love as He loves, with the love of a father. Because He knows that it's the glue that will repair anything that has been broken, even if it has been propagated over many generations. What we do now, Dad, has a generational effect. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is at the end of his life. And after he has led the, Israel, the nation of Israel through the desert for 40 years, Moses is now reminding the, the people of the last 40 years and how God has brought them to this point. And he rehearses for them what God has done and he reminds them about the giving of the law and the priority of the law and their obedience and their attention to the law. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 22, Moses reminds him about something. And he says this, The Lord spoke these words to all of you assembled there at the foot of the mountain. He spoke with a loud voice from the heart of the fire, surrounded by clouds and deep darkness. Now, just in case you didn't know this, that's the only time in the history of mankind where two million people heard God speak audibly to them. And you may be thinking, well, that would be awesome. I'd love that. I wish that I was there. But here was their take on this. After that happened, the people went to Moses and they said to him, don't ever let that happen again. That was so terrifying. Because in that moment... Hearing the unfiltered voice of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness and power of God, it made them think that they were going to die. That's how powerful it was, right? And so they said to Moses, you talk to God, you tell us what God says. We are just too afraid. And you know what God's response to that was? In verse 29, he says, he says oh, that they would always have hearts like this. 
that they might fear me and obey all my commands. If they did, they and their descendants would prosper forever. You see, this is not about not being able to have a personal relationship with God and you being able to speak to God. But what you need to understand is that the Israelites came out of decades of disobedience. And now he's saying, you know what, if they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey my commands, they and their descendants would prosper forever. You see, if you and I have a heart for God, if you and I have a heart to obey Him, there is a generational effect. It doesn't just affect me, because God will bless me. But it affects my children, it affects my grandchildren, and if the Lord tarries, it will affect my generations. Church, Joshua, as you know, was the man identified to take over from Moses. And once Moses lays hands on Joshua and then passes away, within months of this, in Joshua chapter 1, the Lord says this to him. He says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that they may be careful, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God says, if you'll honor me, if you'll honor my word, what's going to happen is I'm going to bless you in a way that will make you prosperous and successful. And you see, dads, there's a legacy that you can leave your children. And it's more powerful, it's more important, and more valuable than any amount of money in the bank, investments on the stock market, or a family business. It's the legacy of knowing God, loving God, and living for God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 2, it says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules, that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. You see, it's a generational thing. God cares about the generations. He cares about you, but being the eternal God, He understands how quickly a life passes. And so He wants to take care of the generations, so that He can extend the blessings to the generations of those who love Him, who fear Him, and obey His commands. God delights in doing that. The Scripture says, by keeping all these statutes and His commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. And then in the next verse, verse 3, it says, Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them. Why? That it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, there are three things I want you to notice about this legacy. Number one, that you'd enjoy long life. Scripture tells us about this over and over again. It says in Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 and 11, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years, listen to that, Years will be added to your life. 
You see, church, what happens is when you're living in a godly life, when you're living in a godly manner, you make the kind of decisions that lead to longevity. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4 says that the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. You see, Solomon in his wisdom looked at life and, and noticed a couple of things. Solomon says, I'm watching something and I'm noticing that there are some things that commonly happen to people who adopt the statutes of God. God elevates them. God blesses them. God honors them because God honors those who honor Him. Your love for God, your living for Him, and your modeling of godly wisdom can give your children a legacy of long life. That's the first thing. Secondly, it says that it might go well with you. That's what we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 6. That it might go well with you. That things might go good for you on this earth. The message translation puts it this way, that you'll have a good life, a life of abundance and bounty. Just like God said, if you meditate on these words, just like he said to Joshua, if you meditate on these words, if you keep these words, you live in these words, what's going to happen is you're going to be prosperous. You see, this is something that is all over Scripture. And it is safe to say today that there is a reward that if you live by the Word of God, it will go well with you and it will go well with your generations. And you could say it like this. As I'm reading the Bible and I'm walking out the statutes of God, I'm literally investing into my children and my grandchildren's future. You know, I'm thankful to have parents like Robbie and Noel, Ronell's mom and dad, because they are people of the word and prayer. And a lot of what Ronell and I are now experiencing in ministry and in God is a result of them loving the word, living the word, and impressing that on our hearts. I've said it many times that I had to meet a family that, that lived what they spoke before I really committed my heart and my life to God. I think I was a bit of a tough nut to crack in the beginning. <laughs> so, Mom and Dad, thank you so much for the awesome examples that you have been to us in our lives and you still are today. And I just want to honor the godly legacy that you have left your family. So God says, if you do this, if you live by my statutes, it will go well with you. And thirdly, that you may multiply greatly. That you may multiply greatly in a wonderful land. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 3, it says, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. You see, not only will you be blessed, but the land, the surroundings, will also be blessed. Because here's the way that it works when a, a person is blessed by the Lord. There's like a spillover blessing that happens. It happens to the people around them. Because when a person is blessed by the Lord, what happens is they live a life that expands their territory. And it not only affects them, it affects those that they come into contact with. I mean there is just a spillover blessing. And I'm not just talking about physical blessings here at church. It's blessings that overflow from a physical, emotional, and a spiritual sense. Body, soul, and spirit. 
So dads, here's the facts. Your obedience to the Lord or your lack of obedience determines what your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will know and experience of God's working in their life. Because you're either creating a legacy of blessing and of honor, or you are laying the groundwork for a life of hardship. What type of legacy will we leave our children? What type of impact will it have over the generations? Jonathan Edwards, who was a well-known preacher in the first Great Awakening in the 18th century, left a great legacy that probably most of us don't know anything about. He was known as, as preaching a sermon that was called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And when he preached at that time, it shook the whole of New England. He was a godly and righteous man and made a great impact through his life. And a study was done on, on what happened to his descendants from the time that he died. And over 400 of them have been traced. And listen to this. They include 14 college presidents, 100 professors. Over 100 of them have been ministers of the gospel, missionaries, and theological teachers. More than 100 of them were lawyers and judges. 60 of them became doctors, and many more were high-ranking officials in almost every American industry. Now, you may be thinking, well, that's just asking too much of me. You know, that's just setting the bar too high. But you see, all God is calling you to do is lay one level of bricks. Just one level. And if you lay those bricks on the cornerstone and foundation of Jesus Christ, He will secure you to the point where your children and your children's children are able to build and build and build on what you started. And there's no limit to where that's going to end. God wants to bless all your generations. And whether or not you've had someone start building before you, you can be the catalyst for generations to come. You can be the one that starts a godly legacy. And you know, dads, you can buy your children all the gifts in the world. You can send them to the best schools. You can give them enough money to entertain them for days. But the only investment into their lives that will last forever will be the investment of loving them, spending time with them, and then teaching them the ways of God. And as I close today, I want to leave you with a scripture and a thought. And the scripture I want to read to you this morning is from Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9 to 12. And this is now when Moses has passed away. It says, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had placed his hands on him, and the Israelites listened to him and did just what the Lord had commanded Moses. And then it says this, No prophet ever again arose in Israel like Moses, who knew the Lord face to face. He did all the signs and wonders the Lord had sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, all his servants, and the whole land. And he displayed great power and awesome might in view of all of Israel. Now, church, most biblical scholars believe that it was Joshua that wrote the, the last chapter of Deuteronomy because of the way that he honored Moses. And it made me think about this principle of honor and blessing. And I want to encourage you today 
Don't wait until your earthly father has passed away before you honor him and tell him how much he meant to you. On this Father's Day, give your dad a call or send him a message and just tell him how much you're loving him, how much you appreciate all that he's done for you. Because we often forget the great sacrifices our earthly fathers have made in their lives just for us. You know, my dad turned 70 a couple of weeks back and my sister did a video for him of over an hour of different photos and tributes of, of friends and family. And what an impact he had on so many people's lives. And I was filled with so much emotion as I was reminded of how much my dad has done in his life. You know, he was hungry for love. And what an impact he had on my life. And you know, church, you see, we often move on with life if we're not careful. And we get busy creating our own life. And we can forget the sacrifices that have been made to get us to where we are today. And we forget to celebrate and honor what God has done through the lives of the people that He has brought us into contact with. Even our own family. You know, even our own parents. And so I want to honor my dad today. I want him to know that he has been one of the greatest influences in my life. He is one of the most courageous and loving people I know. Dad, I want you to know that I will never take for granted what you've sacrificed and what God has done through your life and is still going to do. And by the grace of God, the legacy that you started will continue for generations to come. And I just thank my Father in heaven that he's given me a father just like you. And church, I know that not every man listening to this today has had the examples that I've had and the opportunities that I've had. But you have a Father in heaven that loves you more than any earthly father can. And if you start to build your life on him today and on the cornerstone of his son, Jesus Christ, he will bless you and your generations to come. Can we just give God all the glory for his word this morning, church? Amen.